Support for this podcast and the following message come from Lagunitas Brewing Company, challenging the status quo and crafting stories along the way. Featuring a wide range of innovative craft brews and non-alcoholic options, it's good to have friends. Learn more at Lagunitas.com. Hey everybody, happy Friday. I'm Robin Hilton from NPR Music. It's May 26th. Astoundingly, the month is flying by. I am here with WBEZ and Vocalo Radio's Ayana Contreras. Hey, Ayana. Hello. Contributor Serena Turos. Hey, Robin. And NPR Music Editor Sheldon Pierce. What's good? It's New Music Friday. We all got together, decided what the best albums are that we should flag for you today. That includes new ones from Casa Overall, Arlo Parks, Mia Folick, and more. But we start with the rapper Lil Durk. His album out today is called Almost Healed. This is the song Same Side. Yeah, it feels like Lil Durk is living his second life as a musician. He was one of the first artists signed in the great Chicago Drill Rush of 2012. But four albums released on two different major labels across five years never really picked up traction. Dirk stayed with it, though, and he has quietly become one of the biggest rappers in America over the last three years. His 2022 chart topper, 7220, was one of only five albums to go platinum last year. All of that has come with its side effects. He's had a lot of people around him die, including his brother in 2021 and his star pupil, King Vaughn, in 2020. As a result, he has tried to think a little bit differently about his career, Uh, and about his life and about how his music functions. This album, Almost Healed, takes the music as therapy approach, which is sort of a tried and true cliche, especially for rappers, sometimes as a cop-out to not actually go to therapy. He is in therapy. Yeah. Too. He's very open about that. That's that's an important part of it. And, And the album opens with Alicia Keys sort of asking him to lay bare his life on the record. Good morning, Dirk. I hope you're doing as well as possible under the circumstances. Can you tell me where was your mind when you heard the news of your friend Vaughn passing away on November 6, 2020? And then the loss of your brother on June 6, 2021. Wow. I personally would have liked him to lean into the concept a bit more. His ability to be both vulnerable and hard in the same breath is what has drawn fans to his music, but it can give it some of a split focus, but it is 
quite expressive. I was too lazy, I had to get up. He died from cancer, he ain't get a checkup. I went Travis Barker tied at the neck up. I feel better getting deeper religion. Court for child support's visits, I'm better. Say you love me with a hidden agenda. Low seven steam, I took down a mirror. Stole from me, old management devils. Trenches broke, I gotta hold them together. Trying to claim the little boy, I'm better. If I'm a change, I'm a change. I ain't trying to stay in this lane forever. He was that nigga, now I serve him children. Gee, I die, niggas won't tear for me. Yeah, it's really interesting. I, I wonder when people who don't live in Chicago Chicago, listen to this. What do they think? You know what I'm saying? Like, um, yeah. I think this is very disturbing, honestly, listening to the lyrics. Um, I read, I read, you know, there was an XXL interview of him called Coming of Age, which was, you know, he's obviously on a path of discovery of sort of figuring out himself. But I think the collateral damage of a lot of this music is, I think it far outweighs the aesthetic quality of it. I mean, we had another um, artist, which I'm sure you guys have heard of, G Herbo. He has, was diagnosed with PTSD. Has also gone through a lot. He started a nonprofit uh, called Swerving Through Stress. Um, recently, he talked to us at Vocalo. Another artist that, like, their music is, like, recording and documenting hard-to-explain trauma that's happening in a real community. Like, this isn't a joke. And I think the people who are making this platinum, I don't know that they're in this situation that these these people are really talking about, that they're really struggling to work their way out of. So I have a kind of a complicated feeling about it. It's very difficult for me to just say, oh, it's art. It's more like I'm concerned for these people and I'm praying for these people as a neighbor. Yeah, there was a line that really stood out to me on All My Life where he raps, media thirsty for clicks. I got a new rule. If you ain't never posted a rapper when he was alive, you can't post about him after he get hit. These days, seeing rappers be dying way before they even getting they shine. I never even heard a little buddy to somebody murder a little buddy. Now I'm on the phone searching little buddy name. Got a plane his tunes all day in my room. Thinking, damn, this shit wicked to get their names buzzing. Some niggas just gotta go lay in a tomb. And media thirsty for clicks. I got a new rule. If you ain't never posted a rapper when he was alive, you can't post about them after they get hit. He really sounds embattled on this album. Yeah, I'm kind of with you, Ayana, in that I found a lot of this record to be just upsetting. But there are some tender moments. All my life. They be trying to keep me down. All this time. Never thought I'd make it out. I think it's complex, right? Like, I don't want to villainize him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I, I totally understand. There is a lot of complexity at play with the Dirk stuff, with the drill stuff in general, not just in Chicago. A lot of this stuff has obviously been linked to violence because there is violence at the center of a lot of it. But at the same time, I don't like to villainize the artists who are working through those experiences. But I do think... There are moments that do feel tender where you can hear at the core of the anger and the paranoia, just a fear um, mm. and, and a hurt that he is really trying to overcome. A lot of Bell Hooks' stuff about Black masculinity is about how aggression can be a mask for something more vulnerable underneath. I think every dirt cut is wrestling with that in some way. All right, again, that's the rapper Lil Durk. His new album out today is called Almost Healed. Another new one out today that we're loving comes from Arlo Parks. She's back with an album called My Soft Machine. This is the song Dog Rose. You jump in the tide, stars and feel at home. 
Arlo Parks for me is a is one of the more consistent folks just in terms of songwriting in this particular project. The level of self-awareness is very like brave and refreshing. There's like a lot of beauty in the lyricism, even though the tracks themselves are just like a vibe. You also have like really solid lyrics. Even the opening track, it's bruiseless, says, the person I love is patient with me. She's feeding me cheese and I'm happy like a peony ripped by the chain of a dirt bike. I just wish I was seven and blameless. I wish I was bruiseless. Almost everyone that I love has been abused and I'm included. I feel so much guilt that I can guard more people from harm. If you listen to Luma, lumps in my head I struggle to smooth. The person I love is patient with me, she's feeding me cheese and I'm happy. Like a peony ripped by the chain of a dirt bike. I just wish I was seven and blameless. Going over the handlebars. That level of poetry and internal rhyme scheme you almost miss it because the songs just go down so easy. Yeah. And Bruiseless really struck me because it does this thing that I'm hearing a lot in music, which it weaves in the sounds of children. It's very faint. It's very faint, but it's in there. And as you know, you know, she talks about longing for the innocence of childhood and, and that time in your life when you're sort of full of hope and wonder and you don't have a lot of responsibility. There's something in the air that is informing this in music now. And we're going to hear it in a number of the recordings that we're going to play today. In fact, it's in the little Dirk cut, too, All My Life. He has sort of a children's choir or something that appears in that. Yeah, Ayana, to your point, with her lyricism, I feel like her pen is just growing every, every year. And what really struck me is the way that she works with color, I think, is so fantastic. You know, at that opening cut, we played Dog Rose, the way that she described the sky was so evocative. But also on Purple Phase, when you think of sadness, people often go to the color blue. But here she is creating like a new canon of imagery. And that song almost is like a sequel to Black Dog from her first album, Collapse and Sunbeams, just in the subject matter, too, about this idea of, of a friend who's in peril, who's maybe dealing with substance abuse and like trying to get them out and trying to get them help. And so these songs, they do go down so smooth and they are so beautifully crafted and jazzy and groovy and wonderful. Right. But, you know, the message is really important, too. I feel like, you know, it sinks in and it makes me a little hopeful, too, that, you know, people are, are looking to find solutions and, you know, care for their community that way. Yeah, no, as a big fan of Collapsed in Sunbeams, uh, this one I felt came up a bit short. It's uh, to me, it's tough to follow a big declarative debut like that. Parks has described it as the experience of being trapped inside her particular body. And I guess I get the idea of that, but it's interesting to me to frame it that way because to me, this record doesn't feel more autobiographical or more visceral or more personal than the debut. I wasn't as struck by the writing as I was stuff like Caroline or Eugene. Uh, to me, there was nothing as sumptuous or sensuous as Too Good or Green Eyes. That said, 
a, a talent of this magnitude is going to find ways to manifest in their like supreme moments of beauty across this record. Like the, the cradle song melodies of Pegasus are like mm-hmm. ASMR to me. I commend her for trying to do more there. It's clear that there is more on there on her mind. To, to both of your points, grooves are across this record mm-hmm. from pulled from every genre direction. Uh, she very clearly has a more omnivorous op- appetite. It's a searching record. I'm just not sure it finds all that it's looking for. Uh, that said, I could definitely see myself feeling differently in July after I've sort of languished in this record mm-hmm. for for the summer months and had it wash over me you can always commend a big swing right mm-hmm. <laughs> it's always great when a young artist takes on a big ambitious project like this arlo parks is the singer her new album again is called my soft machine let's go next to the artist gia margaret she's a pianist a singer songwriter and she's got this gorgeous new album out now on may 26th called romantic piano This is the song Ways of Seeing. This album brought such a huge smile to my face just within the first 10 seconds of listening to it. I mean, I knew I was going to love it. I loved her second album that came out in 2020. What was it? Mia Gargrit. Mia Gargrit. <laughs> great name. Um, and so I knew I, I knew what I was getting into. You know, I got all cozy in bed. I pulled the covers up and I closed my eyes and I just let it wash all over me. She has such a delightful execution of the way that she plays piano. There is such this like plotty weight to the keys, this physicality of them that she records that is intrinsic to her music and it is such a human thing it like honestly every time i listen to another one of her albums it makes me cry and on this song you know ways of seeing this like crisp crunchy footsteps on the leaves and the jingle of her dog's leash and the trilling of birds I feel like she has such an expansive way of thinking about music that you know our experience of it isn't static that we carry it with us when we move through the world and you know people are going to be listening to it on headphones and out on the bus and I just feel like she is so good at opening up the world of sound 
That's interesting that you mentioned the sound of it, because I think that the title kind of humorously reminds you of those 70s schlocky compilations. But the sound of the actual record, the quality of the recording immediately removes that connotation. You know what I mean? Like this almost verite quality. Yeah, there is a naturalist sense to the music that she makes, but there's also sort of a surreal out-of-body thing that takes place, too. Like, listening is a bit like getting sucked into a stereogram, (laughs) and then when you finally look away, it leaves you a little bit dizzy. I know. Um, Like, on the song Juno... That song feels like sitting at the planetarium as a little kid, you know, this gentle, like bittersweet wonder of kind of like looking up into the heavens in a way that it makes you kind of sad because you feel so small, but you feel grateful to be humbled by it. And man, I don't know. I just think she is so fantastic at this. Well, riddle me this. Why doesn't this sound like cheesy new age music? Why, how, does, how does she thread that needle? Because these are things like hearing little ambient sounds with gentle pianos and stuff, you know, that we, we heard in Wyndham Hill recordings 40 years ago. But it just feels so vital to me when I hear it here. I think it's just the love that goes into it, you know? The sound of a human pressing down on keys and the hammers collapsing inside the piano. Like, I kind of think of like, oh, if you go to a spa and they're playing new age music, you don't really get any of that. It all feels kind of like they're using the programmed versions of, of a Sanitized. keyboard. Sanitized, yeah. Yeah, they're not yeah. thinking about the way the instrument informs the recording. Yeah, that sort of is different from like the processed, packaged, brandedness that comes with a lot of new age stuff. Verite, as I mentioned. Mm-hmm. I want to give credit to that because we very seldom, we talk about how good a record sounds, but we don't always speak the names of the engineers mm-hmm. and the mixers who make that happen. And one of the folks that was involved in making it sound like that, in addition to Gia, was like Yoni Wolf from the band Y, which I think is an interesting side note, and Sean O'Keefe, and I think there's an additional person, but it was primarily those three people that worked in different configurations. Okay, the album again out today is from the artist Gia Margaret. It's called Romantic Piano. We do still have a few other releases that we want to highlight for this week's show, but let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. This message comes from NPR sponsor, the Capital One Venture Card. Earn unlimited 2x miles on every purchase. Plus, earn unlimited 5x miles on hotels and rental cars booked through Capital One Travel. Your next trip is closer than you think with the Venture Card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Progressive, and it's Name Your Price Tool. Say how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show coverage options within your budget. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
This message comes from NPR sponsor Acorn TV. Acorn TV isn't just good, it's brilliant. With exceptional television from around the world. Their romances are more charming, their mysteries cozier, their noirs more gripping, and their comedies cleverer. More clever? Oh, you get it. Acorn TV is brilliant stories told brilliantly. Visit acorn.tv for a 30-day free trial with promo code NPR. So, in a nutshell, Acorn TV. Brilliant. Pro-Palestinian protests have popped up on college campuses across the country. But from the eyes of students, what are we missing? From the outside, these protests are painted as really violent when that couldn't be further from the truth. I'm Brittany Luce, host of NPR's It's Been a Minute, and I'm inviting you to hear from student journalists who see what the rest of us cannot. On It's Been a Minute from NPR. It's New Music Friday from NPR. I'm Robin Hilton. I'm here with Ayana Contreras, Serena Turos, and Sheldon Pierce doing a quick rundown of the best releases out now on May 26th, including one from the drummer, producer, and rapper Casa Overall. It's called Animals. This is the song So Happy. I don't want to go to school. I don't want to go home. You don't know what it feels to really be I think this album in and of itself just has such a wide spectrum, um, really a collage of sonic influences on here. Uh, Terry Lynn Carrington actually describes Casa as, quote, a preeminent style bender and blender, successfully juxtaposing genres. Now, from my perspective, I'm not sure how successful it is on this album, but uh, let me clarify that by saying I'm not sure that it gels into one coherent thing but perhaps that's the ideal right like there is an intentional lack of resolution to the way in which the different references are sort of not playing nice with one another at times yeah I found a lot of the record to be very unnerving like you, you take a song like clock ticking clock ticking we ain't got long clock clicking we blow that strong. You stuck on the streets like I ain't got no harm. Get it on to the break of dawn. Clock ticking. We ain't got long. Clock clicking. We blow that strong. You stuck on the streets like I ain't had no harm. Get it on to the break of dawn. Which is just weird and surreal. You kind of hear someone clearing their throat in the background in the, you know, like about a minute or so. It's a subtle little thing, but it just feels like, uh, I don't know, like you don't know what's happening. And it feels like something very, very bad could happen at any moment. It's clearly wrestling with a lot of different things in a way that I think is 
compelling. Yeah, I'm I'm willing to bet that this is the only album ever that will have VJ Iyer and Little B both on it. Um, but that's pretty much the appeal of Casa overall in a nutshell, right? Sort of oddball avant-garde. He's like taken his experimental rap sensibilities and stretch them to every corner and you know he's obviously got that jazz foundation they call him an mc but to me he's always been a drummer first and this is informed by a drummer's impeccable sense of timing even at its most chaotic i think that's that's when when it's indicative of that play it back a couple times because I thought that maybe I had the album on shuffle because there were multiple <laughs> tracks that started sounding like one thing for about two seconds and then there was kind of like a clipped switch up into another mode and I think maybe the inscrutability is the point that you know it is supposed to be chaos one of these songs has like a tiger roar on it and it does feel like they've put some predators into, into a cage and now they're they're having it out. He has mentioned that this is a pandemic record about the struggles of staying sane as an entertainer. And I think that is why it sonically feels so on edge, like it could spin out at any moment. Yeah. But I think the fact that it doesn't is a testament to his mastery. And, and lyrically, it's also compelling. It's it's like to me, he he could play this record fairly straight. You know, he doesn't have to get so bent with it. And I think it would still connect. I think he would still stick the landing, you know. But to your point, you know, that you made earlier on the Arlo Parks record, he takes a just like this massive swing across this record. And I'll always show up for that. 100%. Casa overall, his uh, weird, wonderful album is called Animals, one of our favorite new releases out now on May 26th. There's also a new album out today from the singer Mia Folick. It's called Roach. This is the song, Get Out of My House. Somebody needs to send this song to Whoopi Goldberg because when I was listening to the, when I saw the title of this, Get Out of My House, I just thought of her perfect quote about how she doesn't want to be in a relationship because she doesn't want anybody at her house. Um, I keep my stuff there. Why would I want anybody there? I don't want anybody in my house. Um, 
But I love this album. It's just so messy and roiling. You can tell that she's really going through it. And yeah. I feel like it is just an album about being in your 20s and how much that sucks. And also the, the way that like when bad things happen to you, that you can't let them turn you into a jaded, miserable person. I love the song, Oh God. Fucking She's trying to square her ambition with the obstacles in her way, saying, you know, if I give up, I'll regret it when I'm old, which really hit me square in my feels. But I think also just the way that she executes these ideas, too, like the vocal layering and harmonies are so tremendous. It it feels like it really encapsulates the journey you get on at the beginning of your 20s to try to figure out the person you're going to be by the end. And maybe like me she's not quite there yet but i think she's written pretty incredibly about the way you go through it yeah serena to your point on oh god there's a lyric effing off and watching trashy tv spending all my 20s not believing anything mm-hmm. and it's just the start of this record sort of like brutal self-lacerating lyrics you can pull out some bit of like modern philosophy from nearly every one of these songs yeah. it wrote just such a great record about being young and a mess but also trying to just make sense of an unfair existence she has endured a lot over the five years since she released premonitions and it's clear that you can hear that in these songs that they have a bit more bite than the ones on her debut. Yeah, you know, it's interesting that you guys mentioned that. Um, That's, a, I think, a very fair assessment of, like, what bothers me about this album. (laughs) I mean, real talk. Like, I think that why I don't really, like, like the show Insecure is I'm not trying to go back to that point in my life. Mm. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, that that messy 20s period. But at the same time, each generation needs to have that messy 20s cultural experience and i think this is that for her and her fans and the people that want to hear it i mean the lyrics are i think very pithy you know i love the punchlines but i think that's really what it what comes down to it's more it's about about me it's too on the nose (laughs) no no nobody wants to go back go back and let their 20s no No. i was just talking with another 20 something earlier this week and just saying hey it's the hardest time in your life uh i want to point out a cut my favorite cut is Cartoon Clouds. Every day, something makes me angry. Out of nowhere, lose my temper. Can't remember what happened. Why are you laughing? Again, the ambience of the kids playing. It just suggests so much innocence and freedom. And like, you know, so many of the songs on the album, so many great lines. She says, so uncertain about, insert whatever applies to you. She doesn't say what she's (laughs) uncertain about. She just knows this is universal. So insert whatever applies to you. Nothing works today. Can't recalibrate. I've got shit attitude. Oh, man. 
Talk about summing up your 20s. And she also says, uh, you know, she also starts the song by saying, every day something makes me angry. Isn't everyone feeling that right now? Like, she also questions, like, the validity of that anger. Are we all just so amped up now that we can't come down and everything is setting this off, even when it's really nothing or maybe something very minor? But again, she contrasts that so beautifully with this youthful idealism All right, again, that's Mia Folick. Her really wonderful new album out today is called Roach. There are a whole bunch of other releases out today that are totally worth noting, more than we could ever fit in a single show. So you'll find a complete list of those other notable releases in the description of this episode in your podcast feed. But before we go, let's just take a minute to flag some of our personal favorites out today. Ayana, we'll Mm -hmm. start with you. So believe it or not, my pick is actually uh, The Girl is Crying Her Latte from Sparks, which marks their return to Island Records. As good as they say it is, that's the way it is. I wish I'd known beforehand. I was born just 22 hours ago, but I want to go back to my former quarters. I mean, art rock with a bop? It's a bop. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> their performances, I think their artistry, I just think they're just a really cool conceptual band in their golden era you know they put out kimono my house 1974 they had some real bops so i mean i'm very excited serena yeah my pick this week is from the artist alex Andwander and his new album el diablo and el cuerpo This is an electronic, disco, funk light record from a Chilean artist and producer now based in New York. And it is really just this grand celebration of movement and queer existence. You know, he said that, you know, dance culture is a world where you can become who you really want to be. And I feel like going into pride, that's the energy I'm taking with me. Sheldon. Yeah, my pick is Wande Cole's Legend or No Legend. One day is a pioneer for two generations of Afro pop music. He's sort of been lost in the shuffle behind guys like Wizkid and Davido and Burna Boy and the new guard of like Fireboy DML and Rema and Amare. But his new album, Legend or No Legend, sort of not only situates him as one of the people on the vanguard, but also lets people know that he is capable of adapting to the current contemporary landscape. Um, and it's it's one of the best Afropop records of the year so far. Cool. Okay, and I want to note a new album out today from the composer Anna Thorvalds-Doter and the Iceland Symphony Orchestra. It's called Arcora Ion.
So these are two orchestral works. She wrote Arcora in 2022 and Ion in 2018. Both are performed here by the Iceland Symphony Orchestra. She says that she was inspired by the idea of things like parallel universes and time and space and you know, how we experience both of those things and move through both of those things in these nonlinear ways. And I think you can really feel that in this music. You know, it's very dense, it's very deep, and it just sort of thrums with this kind of celestial energy. Arcora Ion is the album, and Ion is spelled A-I-O-N, Ion, from Anna Thorvalstöter and the Iceland Symphony Orchestra. And that'll do it for this week's New Music Friday. My thanks to Ayana Contreras, Serena Turos, and Sheldon Pierce. Thanks so much, everybody. Thanks, Thanks, Robin. Thanks, Robin. All right, don't forget you can see a complete list of everything that we talked about and played on the show in the episode description in your podcast feed. You can hear full versions of the songs along with a whole bunch of new singles that dropped this week in our expanded New Music Friday playlists. Just search for NPR in Apple Music or Spotify. And be sure to sign up for our weekly newsletter to keep up with the latest from NPR Music. You'll find it at npr.org slash music newsletter. And for NPR Music, I'm Robin Hilton. I hope you have a great weekend. Be well, and seriously, treat yourself to lots of music. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Lisa. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Visit lisa.com to learn more. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com. Support for NPR and the following message come from Bombas. Bombas makes absurdly soft socks, underwear, and t-shirts. And for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Get 20% off your first purchase at bombas.com slash NPR and use code NPR. Okay, close your eyes for a second. Now imagine you're on your dream vacation. No work calls to answer, no text messages to respond to, just your suitcase and an opportunity. The opportunity to just take yourself out of your routine and travel deeper. How to actually take that dream trip. That's on the Life Kit Podcast from NPR.